got your Bible, you're joining Luke chapter number 22 this morning. Want to again uh, look at a familiar story, but a good thought this morning. Luke chapter 22. That's me. I'm sorry. Uh, Luke chapter number 22. All right. Sorry about that. I'm all set. Thank you. I always like it when the sound man looks at me. It's the only time he looks at me. Get your... Anyway. But... Uh, all right, Father, I want to stop and say thank you again for the day, and it is still the cross. Lord, if there's someone in service this morning not saved, would you again draw them to you this morning? Help us as Christians, Father, to learn the truth that we're going to look at uh, about Peter this morning. We make application in our own life. And Lord, be a help to us as well as a help to others. And God, thank you again for your mercy to us. Thank you again for all that you do for us and for the church. And Lord, we're excited about the church plant in Topeka. Would you please continue to give the guidance and direction? I know it's a process, and Lord, again, help us be patient in that process. But Lord, help us not to miss any part of that process. Lord, I ask you to please again help the church family. Lord, some are here this morning obviously carrying burdens. Lord, you know what they are. Would you lift them? Lord, some couldn't be with us because of sickness or health problems today. Lord, I think of Courtney's brother this morning, Levi, in the hospital. Lord, may all of us again be praying for him. And Lord, would you heal his body, help the family uh, even during this time. We love you now. Father, help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Luke chapter number 22 this morning. I want to just read a few verses with you. Jump down in your Bible to verse number 31. Again, these are familiar uh, verses, I think. Verse number 31, chapter 22. The Bible says this, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day <coughs> before that thou uh, shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. I, listen, I know this is a familiar story this morning. I, I, there's a truth I want to share this morning. To be honest with you personally, I don't have ever really thought about it, uh, this particular truth. I know that we've looked about how Jesus prayed for Peter. I know that we've looked at uh, how uh, Peter was overconfident that he would not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. But I guess what I've never really, really thought about particularly is what Jesus prayed for. And so, again, this might seem elementary to you, but it was a blessing to me, and I want to share it with you this morning. Look at your Bible now again, and look what the Bible actually says in verse number 32. The Bible says this. It says, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, I want to tell you what Jesus, first of all, did not pray for. He did not pray that Peter would not deny him. He did not pray that Peter would see 3,000 people saved on the day of Pentecost. He, he did not pray that Peter would be the leader of the, if you want to say, the First Baptist Church in Jerusalem. He would not, he didn't pray those things, but yet we would think those are pretty important as far as things that Peter would have done. He specifically prayed for Peter in this area of that thy faith fail not. Now, church family, can I just stress this morning, Peter is not a new Christian. Peter's part of the inner circle. Peter's the one that walked with Jesus Christ and saw miracles that nobody else saw. Uh, Peter was the one that walked on water. But Peter was the one that Jesus said, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for one thing, that your faith fail not. Now, I, I just think that if it was important enough for Jesus to pray for Peter that his faith not fail, I'm not a Peter. You know, if there was somebody that we would think to ourselves, they saw Jesus raise people from the dead, cleanse the leper, uh, cause the lame to walk, I mean, fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. If there was anybody who would not have a problem with their faith, we would think it would have been Peter. Amen. Just remember, the word faith and fail. Let's just talk about this for just a moment. The word faith and fail. The word faith actually means assurance or persuasion. The reason you're saved is because you're assured in your belief that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin and that it was because of his shed blood you're on your way to heaven. 
He just sang a moment ago the cross. We're not going to heaven because we were baptized. We're not going to heaven because we believe in the, sac the sacraments or the Lord's Supper takes us to heaven. We believe that Jesus Christ paid it all on the cross of Calvary. And because he took my place and put my sin upon himself, that I by faith ask him to save me and I believe that. And that's how I know I'm saved. You know, the older you get, people call it dying grace. As far as you get to that place in your life where you see that death is imminent and that you're, maybe because of sickness or whatever it might be, that dying grace that when you're finally to that place that you're going to die, that you have peace in your heart, I'm going to heaven. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about the people I'm leaving behind because I know where I'm going. Now, can I just tell you, what does, what, how does that happen? Because of faith because of assurance, because of a persuasion inside your heart and mind that this is, this is true. You came to church this morning, and the majority of you came to church this morning because you have that persuasion in your life that you're saved and you're a child of God, and you know you ought to be in church that you can grow as a child of God. Listen to me this morning. There's some people this morning, you might be here, and you've heard the question, you've heard the gospel. Do you know for sure assurance, persuasion? Do you know for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? And again, the simple answer to that, the only way you can answer yes is that you put your faith, your assurance, your persuasion, you put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you that, that you can be saved by accepting him and receiving him as your personal savior. I had a homeless fellow this morning at McDonald's come up to my table. Actually, he's come to my table several times. <laughs> and, uh, and he's there at 5.30 in the morning. I mean, if you're homeless, why are you in the McDonald's at 5.30 in the morning? I guess because you're homeless. Anyway, so, so anyway, he comes up to my table, and we were talking together, and, and we've had good conversations as far as that goes. And, but I, I, I always wonder, you know, if he's saved, because I've talked to him about salvation before. And I just asked him again this morning. I said, are you saved? I said, do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? You know, everyone's got a different, now he claimed that he was saved, but everyone's got a different answer to that. Well, I think so, maybe, hope so. Can I tell you, if you're here, no matter how old or how young, you're going to die. And what you do with Christ now determines whether or not you're going to heaven. Can we just set that premise real quickly here? That your faith can't fail until you get faith. What's the faith? It's your, your belief in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if you've been raised in church all your life. Was there a time in your life that you realized you were a sinner? And by faith, you accepted, you believed, and received Christ as your Savior. Are we all together this morning? Say amen. amen. Now this morning, I want to talk about your faith for just a moment. Isn't it interesting that Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1? He said that, Add to your faith, add to your faith virtue, and the virtue knowledge, and the knowledge temperance, and temperance patience, the patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness. Add to your faith. Faith is the premise. Faith is the foundation. Faith is the elementary to the secondary. In other words, I can't be the Christian I need to be until, first of all, I have the faith, the faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. So here Jesus is praying. And Jesus prays for Peter. He says, Peter, I want you to know I've prayed for you. And I prayed for one thing, not that you'll do miracles. I prayed that your faith would not cease. The word fail means to cease or stop. I prayed that it would not cease. There's people I can name. I won't do it this morning. But there's people that came to this church years and years ago that were involved in giving and soul winning and serving. They're not in church at all today. In fact, left their family. But I, in, in my mind, I have no doubt they were saved. But you know what happened? Their faith failed. Amen. I didn't say God failed. God never fails. Amen. I said their faith failed. 
You say, well, how do you get that? Because Jesus prayed, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith fail not, that it doesn't cease. There's young people sitting in this auditorium right now. And I'm not God and I'm not a prophet. I cannot pick and choose and I cannot say who it is. But I know that there's people that are growing up in the church right now and you're, you're hearing it all. But one day your faith's going to fail. It's going to cease. Now, I'm not going to get into eternal security this morning, but I love the book of Timothy where it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure that he knoweth them that are his. And if you read the previous verse, it's talking about a person's salvation. I'm just telling you, you can't lose it. You can't lose it. The, the physical illustration of that is I have eight children and I love all of my eight children, but if they ever go to the place where they don't want to talk to me, don't want to see me, don't want to spend time with me, it doesn't change the fact they're still mine. Amen. I love John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm glad when I got saved, I got saved forever. Amen. Eternal life, to be honest with you, that doesn't start the day we die. Eternal life started the day you got saved. Amen. I'm never going to die. So this morning, can I just get you to think for just a moment? Yes, you're in church this morning, and yes, you're saved, and yes, you read your Bible this morning, and yes, you're telling people about Jesus Christ, and yes, you're doing good in your spirituality right now. But church family, if Peter, the inner circle disciple, could have failed, his faith failed, I'm just telling you, your faith can fail too. <laughs> Why? would Peter's faith fail? We know most of the rest of the story. We understand that his sin in the same chapter 22, verse number 54, down to verse number 62, what does he do? He, den he denies the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 60, and Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. Immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. We, uh, I'm maybe if you've, again, we'll probably turn to these passages maybe a little bit later, but can I just remind you this morning that in the context of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have bits of the story. We also understand that when Peter's faith kind of wavered, we understand the first thing he does, he denies the Lord Jesus Christ, which was a sin. We also understand that when Peter, uh, Jesus Christ died, where does Peter go? The Bible says, that he says, I go a fishing, and he takes all the disciples with him. What was fishing? Fishing was his former occupation when Jesus told them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And instead of being fishers of men, what's he doing? He's going back, he goes back to fishing. Yeah. Peter's wavering in his faith. Was he the son of God? Why? I mean, how come he's dead? How come he's not here? We also see that same thing. Since you're in the book of Luke, let me just flip a chapter. Look at chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Look at verse number 6. He is not here. The angel is speaking to Mary Magdalene. He is not here, but is risen. Luke 24, verse 6. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day riseth again, and they remembered his words. Talking about they being Mary Magdalene and Mary. But look at verse 9. And returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the... What's the word? Is Peter included in the eleven? And to all the rest, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, the Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles, and their words seemed to them as idle tales. What's the last phrase, verse 11, say? Then arose Peter, verse 12, and ran unto the sepulcher, stooping down, he and beheld the linen clothes, laid by them, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Now, I guess I'm just trying to lay the groundwork to show you about Peter following the scenario because Jesus said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith fail not. And I'm just telling you, his faith is kind of shivering right now. 
He's wondering. The Bible says he doesn't even believe. He was part of the 11. What about, where's Peter going to be? What's going to happen to Peter? Now, Church family, can I just quickly this morning show you why his faith didn't fail? And can I just tell you this morning, this is the same three reasons why your faith won't fail. Oh, my faith. Did you really say that in your heart? Because I think Peter did too. And he denied Christ. I'll never get out of church. I'll never stop reading my Bible. I'll never stop telling people about Jesus Christ. Church family, I'm just telling you something. We're just as human as Peter was, and Peter failed. He denies the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes back to fishing, and he doesn't even believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead when the angel tells Mary Magdalene to go back and tell him he's not here. Now this morning, can I just get you to think about these three things? What kept Peter's faith from failing? Three thoughts. What kept his faith from failing? The first thing I want you to think about, go back to our, our main text in Luke chapter 22, in verse number, uh, I'm going to pick it in verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Church, I mean, can I just quickly say this before I give you these three thoughts? I think the reason Jesus uses this illustration when he says, Simon, Simon, uh, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, is that when a person would sift the wheat, the idea was, was to get the chaff, the refuse, to get it to come to the top, to, get, to show this is not worth anything. In other words, Satan wanted to show the chaff of Simon, not the wheat of Simon. He wanted to show the sinfulness of Simon Peter. He did not want to show the spirituality of Simon Peter. That's why Simon Peter denies the Lord Jesus Christ, goes back to fishing, which is the picture of the world. That's why he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. It's because Satan was working on Peter to get him to be chaff and to not be wheat. He wanted him to be sinful. But look what Jesus says, and here's the first thought. What caused Simon Peter's faith from failing? Verse number 32. What's the first phrase in verse 32? Read it together. Ready? But I, I know this is super elementary, but can I tell you the reason Peter's faith did not fail? Because somebody was praying for him. You say, but it was Jesus Christ. Well, I'm just telling you something. If Jesus has access to the Father, so do we. So do we. The reason Peter made it is because Jesus prayed for him. And it's not just because he was the Son of God. He went to the Father. He prayed. And God the Father answered his prayer. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. But it doesn't stop there. With groanings which cannot be uttered, and he that searcheth hearts, the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, capital S, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hey, I'm glad that there's a Holy Spirit that makes intercession for us, but can I just tell you, there ought to be Christians that make intercessions for each other. We will never know until we get to heaven how many people their faith would have failed if it wasn't for that senior saint that took their church family prayer list and on a regular basis, God, would you please help so-and-so? God, help them to love. Help them to have spiritual discernment. Help them not to yield to temptation. Let their faith fail not. You know, the Heritage Baptist Church, I, I have no doubt in my mind that, that God gives me the opportunity to influence people and be able to be, even to be the pastor of this church because I believe with all my heart there's a bulk of people praying. Just, I mean, Lot's not a good character in our, in our sides. When we look at Abraham and Lot, Lot was the backslidden Christian, Abraham was the spiritual Christian. But you ever thought about that the only reason Lot was spared from Sodom and Gomorrah because the Bible says, and God remembered Abraham? And then the next phrase says, and he sent Lot out? 
I'm just telling you, the only reason Lot was even spared to live was because Abraham was praying for him. How do you know he's praying for him? Hey, God, if there's 50 righteous, would you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? I don't think Abraham was super concerned about Sodom. I think he was super concerned about his nephew that was living in Sodom. Hey, all of you this morning, when I look out in the auditorium this morning and I see your faces, and, I, and for some of you, I know you're, some of your burdens, but you know, I look out this morning, and I know there's no doubt, things that you're carrying, when it has to do with your job or has to do with health or has to do with family, I know there's or finances, there's things that are going on in your life, and you come to church, and sometimes those burdens weigh on you, and you're trying to listen to see what the Lord, Holy Spirit of God is trying to speak to your heart about, but you're still thinking about those other things that are going on in your life. You know, you're going to find out one of these days when you stand before in, in heaven, you've got perfect knowledge, that the only reason you kept going is because somebody in this auditorium is praying for you. Hey, church, I mean, can I stop and just quickly say this? When you're driving down the road or you're at home getting ready and somebody in the church family comes to your mind, that's not an accident. That's an opportunity. And the first thing you ought to do is before you do anything else is you need to stop, or even do what you're doing, but stop mentally and pray for that person. Amen. This morning I had three different people, three different times, that the Lord brought somebody to my mind, at, about church, all of them were church family, but some brought somebody to my mind, and I, mean, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God brought you to my mind. Those aren't accidents. God, I don't know what's going on in their life today. Would you please help them today, give them wisdom, help them do the things that are right and make right decisions. Lord, protect them. I don't know what's going on in your life, but can I just tell you something? The reason our faith doesn't fail is not because we're good Christians. <laughs> hey, somebody say, I'm not the best Christian. Say amen. amen. Somebody else say, I struggle in my Christian life sometimes. Say amen. amen. That's all of us. But can I just tell you something? We need each other. We need to pray for one another. Amen. When I think of Moses and Aaron, you know, <laughs> how'd you like to have a brother that when, you, uh, when you're gone, he says, hey, he must be dead. Let's make us a false god. Nice brother. You know, if Aaron really thought he was dead, you'd think he'd have a funeral service, a memorial service. No, what he does, he makes his molten calf instead. The Bible's talk, talking about uh, Moses and Aaron. It's interesting what the Bible says. It says in Deuteronomy 9.20, and the Lord was very, think about that, and the Lord, Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And then it says, and I prayed for Aaron also the same time. That was Moses, by the way. You know, Aaron would have been a dead, a dead man if, Aaron, if Moses would not have prayed for him and said, God, hey, listen, don't kill him. I know he's an idiot. Don't kill him. <laughs> we need to pray for one another. If you don't, listen, there's too many people in this auditorium. You're not, your memory's not that good, okay? You need to have a prayer list. You, you need to go through that prayer list. And if you have to divide it up, all right? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember how many. It's 60 some. It's probably more than that now. I don't know how many families per se. I mean, I do mine alphabetically. But divide them up. Even if it's only four or five families a day, pray for one another. You know why? That their faith fail not. That they don't give up on their Christianity. That they don't come to the place where they cease thinking about the word of God and thinking about what God's will is for their life. There are young people that are about to make some of the most major decisions in their life, whether it's marriage or college, or whether it's just a matter of, okay, I'm out from underneath the rules. I don't need this anymore. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, what? I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how good of a Christian you think you are. From the pastor to the, from the, from the pulpit to the pew. I'm just trying to tell you something. We all struggle with our faith. And you know why? Because there's a real devil. 
And he desires to have you and to sift you as wheat so that your chaff, your sinfulness, shows out and the wheat is cast to the side instead of the opposite. What keeps, or what kept Peter's faith from failing, what will keep ours from failing is real simple. The prayers of others. Look at something else here. Flip over just one chapter, Luke chapter 24. We're looking at Peter again, Luke chapter 24. Look at verse number 36, Luke 24, 36. Now, of course, Jesus had died. He had resurrected now. In verse 36, the Bible says this, And as they thus spake, about the disciples being together, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that, <laughs> that they had seen a spirit. Now, talking about the apostles, verse 38. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Now, church, I mean, before I keep reading these next few verses, I just got one question. Was Jesus Christ the Word of God? Yes or no? Yes. All right, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and though. All right, so we believe that Jesus Christ, Peter had Jesus, got to walk with Jesus Christ, and he was God in the flesh. We have God in his word, and Jesus was the word. We understand that. Look at the next phrases here now. Look at verse 40. And when he had thus spoken, Jesus speaking to these, the apostles, and when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet, and while, they yet and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat bread, I'm sorry, did eat before them. Verse 44, and he said unto them, these are the words that I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, that's the word of God, and in the prophets, that's the word of God, and in the Psalms concerning me, that's Jesus. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand what? All right, you already know what the second point is. You know what kept Peter from his faith failing? Number one, there was the prayers of others, which were Jesus Christ, but the prayers of others. The second thing is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now jumping over to Romans 10, verse number 17. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the... What Peter saw visibly with Jesus Christ and heard visibly was the Word of God. And I'm just trying to tell you what caused Peter's faith not to fail was the Word of God. I don't really know if I should be in this church. Read your Bible. I'm not saying this church will answer that question, but I'm saying what it will do to strengthen your faith. I don't know if I really need to dress like a Christian. Can I just tell you, what's going to strengthen your faith is the Word of God. Why do you dress, act, talk, live like a Christian? Why did you even show up for church this morning? I want to tell you for one reason, because of the Word of God. It's the, word, it's the Word of God. I, we don't come to church to see each other. We don't necessarily even come to church to hear the pastor. We come because of the Word of God. Yeah. It's the Word of God that strengthens our faith and causes us to be what we need to be. Romans 10, 17, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, 16, says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the what? Of the heart. In other words, it's the word of God that changes us from the inside out. First Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when, when ye, listen to this, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, Paul the apostle speaking, to the church of Thessalonica, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God. And that's usually where we stop. But the last phrase of the verse says, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. 
Church, I mean, there's something miraculous that takes place every time you open that book, whether it's from the pulpit preaching from the Word of God and you holding your hand or for you having your devotions at home. There's something powerful about the Word of God because it's quick, it's alive, it's a power. That's why it's so important for you not just to read a quota or just for you to get something in. The more scripture you put in, the more spirit-filled life that you live, which increases your faith. Church family, in 27 years, many of you have been with me a long time. Some of you, a few of you have been with me that long. But can I just tell you, in 27 years, there has been a host of people who have come and gone. You that are new here, you've come from churches, you would have to say the same thing. That the churches you've been at, there are people that you thought would never get out of church. They're not even in church today at all. One of the, church, one of the bus routes that we have in Topeka, a lot of the ministries of this church actually, because when I was younger, to listen to the Lord, I just always did that. A ministry would start because God would work in somebody's heart and they'd say, hey, pastor, what do you think about us doing this? I'd say, Man, I think it's a great idea, let's do it. Prison ministry, bus routes. One of the guys who started one of the bus routes in Topeka, and that bus route's still running today, now owns a winery. Go figure. Can I tell you what happened? Your faith fail not. There is nobody a big enough Christian to think that you are what you are because of you. It's the grace of God, and it's the word of God. And it's really the prayers of God's people. But can I just tell you, if we're going to keep our faith from failing, we first of all, we need to pray for one another. We need to pray. And the second thing, we need, we need the word of God. What kept Peter, his faith, from failing? Just remember, I believe with all my heart there would have been no Pentecost if Peter's faith would have failed because he had never been there on Pentecost to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus prayed for him. And then the second thing is, is the word of God. Jesus, who was the word, explained to Peter the scriptures. That's what strengthens our faith. There's one more thing this morning I want you to look at with me. John 21, when you're looking at Peter's life, would you flip over to John 21? What kept Peter's faith from failing? The prayers of others, the word of God. Look at John 21, verse number 15, this dialogue between Jesus and Peter. 21, verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus said, uh, saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, what was his question? Lovest thou me more than these? I think that these was the fish. Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas. What's the question? Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas. What's the question? Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. That's just family. It's not by accident three times Jesus asked the question, Lovest thou me? Now, here's my perception of following Peter's life from the time Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired you to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. I see that, first of all, the reason his faith didn't fail because Jesus prayed for him, because somebody prayed for him. I see that when Jesus showed up after the resurrection that he expounded to them the scriptures. And by the way, that's what strengthens your faith. Can, can I interject this real quick before I give you the third one or we talk about the third one? You know, I'm really concerned with my kids making it because it's not, our kids don't make it just because of the habit of life. They make it because of what God does in their heart. 
That only happens because of the Word of God. Now follow me. Here's the last one. Jesus is now about to send up into heaven, and before he does, he, remember he resurrects. He's about to send up, sit on the right hand of the Father, and he comes to Peter and says, hey, Peter, lovest thou me? More than these. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love you. Hey, Peter, got another question for you. Lovest thou me? <laughs> oh, come on. Yes, I love you. Hey, hey, Peter, you love me? Now he's grieved. That Jesus would even ask that question. Now watch me. Follow me now. Can I tell you that I think that what caused Peter's faith to fail not is he finally had to make a personal decision on who he loved. Trisha, you know the verse, okay? So let's, let's think this thing through. If ye love me, keep... Hmm, that's interesting. So somehow God's word of me keeping his commandments is tied to whether or not I love him or not. You know why a lot of people get out of church? They forgot who they love. Amen. They love themselves more than they love God. That's all it is. Now, I got out of church because so-and-so said something about me. No, you got out of church because you forgot who you love. Amen. You forgot who you love. You know, Jesus made another statement. I'll have to read it because I cannot quote it. But Jesus made this other statement. In John 14, 23, he said, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. He will. Why? Because he loves me. You know, it's nice to see our kids grow up. And, you know, sometimes our kids uh, only do what they're supposed to because they know what we want. Now, not all the time. Believe me, I wish it was all the time. All right? But sometimes our kids do what, we, do what they're supposed to do simply because they love us and they want to do what we want because that's what we want, and they love us. Can I tell you something? As a child of God, you know what's going to cause your faith not to fail? Is don't forget who you love. Hey, can I tell you something? Jesus is not an object. He's a person. Listen, I love you guys, and I want to tell you something this morning. What a wonderful thing. I, I mean, just, you know, some of you, some of you, um, you know, it's like Paul said, you know, I have you in my heart. You ever look at somebody, and I'm not talking about in a sensual way, but there's just something, there's a bond there that you, you look at them, your heart goes out for them. Amen. I can't tell you how many times I, I feel that. And it's, I know it's physical, it's a feeling, but I feel that. Man, the worst thing in the world to me is that five years down the road, a third, a third, a fourth, or five, or one, you're no longer in church. You're going the opposite direction. You're not, you don't want to please the Lord with your life. And I want to just tell you, you know what we're going to say? I have no idea how that happened. Amen. I want to tell you, I know how it happens. Yeah, their faith fails. Their assurance, their conviction, their their uh, persuasion, this is right, this is true, this is what I'm supposed to do. But that faith fails, and that's why a person, Demas, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Amen. If he'd have loved God, he wouldn't have been loving the world. So this morning, can I tell you how you're going to keep your faith from failing this morning? I don't care how good of a Christian you are, you know, but I don't think anyone's better than Peter, to be honest with you, because we haven't walked on water. You know the only way you're going to keep your faith from failing? Pray for yourself, pray for others, but pray for people's faith not to fail. 
Number two, make sure you stay in the Word of God. Pump the Word of God in. And then number three, don't forget who you, who you love. Who you love. We love him because he loves us. Listen, if you're here this morning, you're not saved this morning. I know this morning's message was to Christians, but I want to tell you something. Please do not walk out this door and wonder in your mind if you're saved. Would you let someone take a Bible and just take five minutes and show you how? Christian, this morning, if anything, wherefore let him that thinketh he stand it, take heed lest he fall. God, help my faith. Help me, the Christian life that I live based upon my faith. Help me not to throw it away. Help me not to just, you know, wonder, like Peter, wonder. Help that not to fail. Help me do these things. Let's all stand to our feet this morning.